What's up, Internet? You're tuning in episode 22 of the Steam Deck Podcast, Flip Screen Games Weekly Video Game Podcast, all about Valve's hot new handheld, the Steam Deck. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, Steve, and welcome back. It's 2023, and today we are talking all about our wish list for 2023 in the Steam Deck. All the things we hope could or might come in 2023 for our favorite new handheld. Yeah, so if you if you missed it, or uh, I guess I don't I don't know which one's going up first, but we did a predictions episode over on the Flip Screen Games podcast, all about video games. And some of those predictions I've got in here are things I think might come true, mm-hmm. um, but some of these are just like a, a wish list, a desire list, things that we want to come to the Steam Deck yeah. or to Steam OS. Less stuff we um, think will actually happen and just like, oh, these yeah. would be great, right? Some of them might, right? But yeah, I, I think that we'll definitely end up with a couple on here probably that are going to be more akin mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, oh, th- th- this sure would be nice, right? <laughs> Yeah, and to be fair, some of the stuff that I was just like, oh, it sure would be nice if the Steam Deck could do this. Either Valve has added that in or the community has has added it in on their behalf. So for the most part, I'm pretty happy with where we are in terms of support for features and things like that. But there is definitely still room for improvement, as always. Of course, of course. So yeah, we're going to talk all about that on today's show. Um and I, Steve, you made a, a very long list. I have a couple of things that I want, but I think you are, you've got a, a, a lot of good ones here. So where do you want to start? What's the first thing that you want to call out? I think the number one thing for me is something that's still missing and still s- s- Valve still say is coming, which is uh, VRR support for the Steam Deck dock. Um, it was a planned launch. We still don't have native uh, VRR support through that dock. It's still marked as coming in a pending update. Um, I don't know what the holdup is on that at this point. They rolled out the support to turn off the VSync um, to the to the preview channel, but we've not seen VRR support roll out to that channel yet. Um, so I'm really hoping that that comes soon. In particular, I want it over HDMI if possible. I know it's more likely going to be coming to DisplayPort. Uh, but I feel like the majority of people in the use case for the Steam Deck dock is people plugging it into their TV. Right. And I think VRR support in in that capacity would be much, much more useful than on a, on a V-Sync or G-Sync display. Um, yeah, I, ca- I so- can't imagine that use case being particularly large, right? Because, like, there are definitely a lot of people that, you know, as seen in the last couple months, right, where we saw, like, Sony support, like, 1440 displays and stuff. There are a lot of people that have, like, a, a desk that they use for gaming, and they have consoles set up on it, and they, they use monitors, not televisions. But I think you're right that, like, for, like, specifically the Steam Deck docking station, I can't imagine a scenario where that's not what you want to use it for, right? Because, like, if you are the type of person that has a nice display and you're using a display port, you probably have a PC, and you're probably doing yeah. your PC gaming on your PC, not yeah. hooking your Steam Deck up to your nice PC monitor, right? Like, I'm sure there are people who are doing that, but I doubt that that's the primary goal, right? Like, for most folks who bought the Steam Deck docking station, they want to be able to hook it up to a TV in their living room or their bedroom or something. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we highlighted both of those use cases in our review video of, of the dock. And if you've not uh, viewed that, check it out on our YouTube channel. Um, and and I I do think there is a use case for using it hooked up to a monitor to play games like 
um, Age of Empires and things like that, um, RTSs, um, or you know, even just tinkering. When you're installing things like MU Deck, it's a lot easier to do with a mouse and keyboard. Sure. Being able to hook that up to the dock and then plug in a mouse and keyboard to install MU Deck or Decu Loader, those kind of things in desktop mode, does make things significantly simpler. But I do think the majority of people are too, though, right? Like, yeah, you can, yeah. And I think the majority of people are just plugging it into their TV. And and that's why I think VRR support is it's one of those key features that's missing at the moment. Um, because if you could say, because I, I found a lot of games fluctuate between like 40 and 50 FPS and being able to hit that sweet spot between 40 and 50 and not having to worry about, oh, I've got to cap it down to 30 or cap it down to 40 for my display. And my, unfortunately, my TV supports VRR and I, I, I have the luxury of using it on Xbox and, and PS5. It just would be really nice to be able to play PC games as well. Uh, that also will will give us VRR support. So hopefully that comes soon. Yeah, agreed. This would be a big one. So I think of all of this stuff we have on this list, there are two that really stick out to me. Um, number one, I think, is an obvious one. So I'll get it out of the way. It's having official uh, support for Game Pass. Right? Having yes. Having Linux support. Uh, for for Game Pass, or you know, or or finding a way to connect it through Steam, and um and you know, in the way that because what is it? It's, it's the Ubisoft one, right? That you can. Or so there's it, there's the Ubisoft Connect, but it's EA Play on Steam. That's the, the one. one okay. Of, yeah. Yeah. So and like, I feel like that would be the way to way to go. I really hope that they 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 go down that route. I know a lot of the DRM is is intrinsically linked to Windows at the moment, but I think they can decouple that because. You've called it EA Play, but there's also Humble. They've got the Humble Choice subscription, which sure. gives you access to their like library that you can get, and you can only get that while you're subscribed. I think they could just add, as well, an, a native Xbox app to Steam as like a download. Like We've already got software on there like OBS. Why not add like an Xbox app, make it simpler? At the moment, the official route to even playing cloud streaming on your steam deck is download microsoft edge in desktop mode run these command line commands add it to um add it to steam manually add artwork and rename it and add in these launch flags it's just a pain people just want to be able to go go onto their steam deck click download xbox and play whether that is like playing remote play with their xbox whether that is playing cloud streaming or what I think we would both prefer natively downloading games to your steam deck so you can play them on the go. Yeah. What I, what I would like is in the way that um, I think there's two ways I would be happy with it working either having something that's similar to emu deck where I install it on desktop mode and then there's like a workaround to make the games like natively just launch from my Steam library, um, just like anything else, and kind of having like a like a almost like a Steam ROM manager solution for Game Pass games that you've downloaded to your Steam Deck, or have it be a native app, right? Where you click the Xbox app and it opens up the Game Pass list like it does on your Xbox or your PC. And you can just see the games that you have available and then just download them that way. I think if either of those were to come to pass, that would be the ideal situation, right? I, I want it to be as seamless as possible. And if that means I have to go in desktop mode and manually add some stuff around and then it just works the way that the emulators work, that's totally fine. That's like a, that's an amount of work I'm comfortable doing 
but like what you've described is i think it's just not worth it right like it's it's so much effort that it's like i just i'd rather just play it on the xbox or stream it you know and and I, what i want is a native solution i want to be able to really fully take advantage of my game pass library on the steam deck and i feel like you know when it comes to microsoft i don't see a good reason why they wouldn't want that right because it's like we know that they have the kind of yeah agnostic approach now they want you to play game pass wherever you want to play game pass so like if they're willing to let me play it on a samsung tv i don't see why the steam deck is the, a bridge the, too uh, far as long yeah, as i mean possible. the only reason i could see why is them feeling like they're losing the stronghold on the pc market for gaming um and i feel i feel like that's probably gonna um probably gonna erode as well when we get one of my other ones on my wish list which is the steam os3 public release um, because I could see a lot of people switching devices, whether it's something like a GPD Win or an Ioneo, something like that, over to SteamOS and wanting to run something that just natively runs all your Steam games. It can easily download them, play them through Proton. Yeah, there's still a lot of things that we need to overcome. Um, like Easy Anti Cheat, for example, is still one that I, I think would also be on my on my wish list. Is better support for anti cheat, um, and I know a lot of that is on Epic Games rather than on on Valve because they've already added in the Easy Anti Cheat runtime to Proton, and it's on developers and on on Epic Games to make it easier for developers to support that. But I think when SteamOS three gets a public release. I feel like that's when we're really going to see usage of, of Linux for gaming just completely ramp up. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And I, I feel like what's going to be interesting is how far Valve wants to go with that. Because I think if they can get to the point where, similar to the way that they've leveraged um, Proton, right, to create like kind of a, a software level solution for getting non-native things to run properly on Linux, if they can find a way to... Uh, make that work with non-gaming programs to some degree where like you could run the Adobe suite, you could run, you know, like any of the common things that people are like, this is why you need a PC, right? You know, I kind of feel like a lot of that is is gone by the wayside though. Like you can, you know, for the Adobe suite, if you're doing design, you, you open up Figma these days. If you want to use like a an office suite, you're using Google Docs. You know, a lot of the yeah. stuff that people were downloading native apps for, a lot of it is they already has replacements or it's a web-based solution. Like I think a lot the of issue is a lot of them from say like Adobe Premiere over to DaVinci Resolve. I know a lot of sure. people that have moved over to that software. And I think I think the issue is a lot of those softwares are just too simple, right? Like they're fine for certain things, right? Like I, I as somebody who's used like Miro and things like that, like for work, um, they're fine, right? Like they're they're a good solution if if what you need to make is something simple. But I think if you are somebody who you know, um, is doing a lot of a lot of video editing, right? And you are somebody who's like getting deeper in than like what people like us are probably doing, right? Like the the editing that I'm doing uh, for our videos is a lot less labor intensive than like editing for a film or something like that, right? Or or like doing having like an animation suite or something like that. I think if they can get to the point where they can kind of create a layer that allows you to run whatever windows specific things or whatever, right. That you need to do work. I think you could see a lot more than people switching over for the sake of gaming. I think they could actually have like a dominant, like a legitimate competitor to windows and, and Mac in, in steam OS. And I don't know that they're interested in that, but 
I don't think they are because it's because SteamOS is built on top of Arch Linux, so there's already like a distro that has um, a bunch of stuff built in anyway. Um, and Wine does offer you a solution. It doesn't work with every app, but there are a lot of apps that it can it can run, like it can run Microsoft Office, that kind of thing. Some of the stuff that is more intensive, you're obviously running it through a layer. So something like the Adobe Creative Suite. It, you do lose a bit of performance and yeah. uh, you know i don't even know if every single app in that suite would run um i also don't know uh how, how like obviously these apps like figma have eroded support uh, like eroded people's um i guess allegiance with adobe because adobe are buying them people must have switched from say photoshop and illustrator to do design work over to figma for them to be like okay we need to buy them because otherwise yeah. we're just going to lose all of our customers over there yeah yeah and i mean i i think uh i think you're right right that like those kinds of like cloud-based solutions are are definitely increasing in popularity and if you know if somebody comes along or shit even if you know adobe creates like a cloud suite that people feel like is you know um on par then like yeah that that might be a differentiator for a lot of folks too because there's not there's not that many windows specific programs that i depend on at this point you know, and like it would be really interesting to see if you do have like a max uh, amount of people who are like, well, I'm I'm on Windows because that's where you play games. And then what happens when that's not the point anymore or that's not that's not the only it's not the only game in town. And if a lot of people start using it, then you get into the homebrew and you get to the point where it gets better and better and more and more viable as a legitimate replacement, not just the thing you're, you know. Because, like, I, I've known people who are, like, you know, coders or programmers or whatever that are like, oh, I have a Linux machine just, like, for fun. Like, I, I mess around with Linux, and mm -hmm. it's cool to try to get things to work on it, but it's limited. And I feel like that's getting less and less true. I think it, it's becoming a more and more viable solution. Um, and, and it's exciting. It's interesting. It, it would be interesting to see if, like, we get to a point where SteamOS is looked at, like, you know, as being somewhat akin to like Android, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, you take it, mod it, and make it work for whatever your hardware need is. Yeah, I could see that. I could, I can see this becoming more ubiquitous and being on more devices out of the factory as well. Because uh, obviously, officially, it only comes on the Steam Deck at the moment. But I, I would like to see it get to the point where it's one of the options when you say buy a PC from Alienware or something. It's like, do you want Windows or do you want SteamOS? And you're configuring it, and they can. You know, you can save yourself fifty quid rather than buying a Windows license. You just have SteamOS on there, and it will play the majority of games you want to play out of the box. And as it becomes more ubiquitous, I could easily see developers going, "Okay, well, we need to start making native support for Linux because obviously a bunch of our a bunch of our players are using Linux, are using SteamOS. So why not take advantage of native features?" Yeah. And I think for a lot of the people that are like the types of folks that have a dedicated gaming rig, that seems like a totally legitimate option, right? Like if you're not doing work on your computer, if all you use your rig for is gaming, why not, right? Why would you use Windows? And then maybe you have like a laptop that you use for work, right? Or something else, you know? Um, a lot of people have a work computer and a not work computer. So it's like, I think that could really, you know, you, you talked about uh, Windows having a stranglehold on PC gaming, that that could really make waves and i wonder i wonder if that influences their desire to play nice when it comes to things like game pass if they 
feel like Possibly. they could be a legitimate think, competitor. I, Probably not. I but. kind of feel like they're two separate teams. I mean, they're two separate companies now, right? Um, yeah, like, right. So Xbox gaming, gaming is independent. Yeah. It's like an independent company with its own CEO. Phil Spencer is, his own, is a CEO of a separate company. Yes, they are a subsidiary of Microsoft, but it's not like they're one and the same anymore where they're driving to make sales of Windows. I feel like selling software and selling subscriptions would be a good enough reason to be on another platform. And that's why I could kind that's why one of my predictions was PC Game Pass gets support for Linux because I feel like they want to be everywhere. That's been their game plan all along. You know, he's spoken about potentially bringing it to to PlayStation, bringing it to Nintendo platforms if they if those um, platform holders would allow it. Why not bring it to what is essentially an open platform where yeah. Valve would welcome them with open arms, and you just get all of the you can have one hundred percent of the subscriptions that you sell, right. just providing and, a free app on Steam for people to download, and then they just download games from within there. Yeah, and like imagine, you know, I, I think it it the reason it feels like it could happen, right? Is I think when you look at Microsoft, I think over the or I should say Xbox. Over the last couple of years, their strategy has felt like it's shifted from, you know, the traditional what like Sony and Nintendo do, right? Where it's like you make your box a destination. Our platform is a destination, right? Whereas I think what Xbox wants to do is they want to go where you are, right? They want to meet you where you're at and be like, however I can sell Xbox to you, we're going to sell it to you, right? Whether that's you buy the console for your living room whether that's you play on mobile through the cloud, whether that's you play on PC, whatever, they want you to subscribe to Game Pass and be a Game Pass member, right? Regardless of what other platforms you play on, whatever else. So like, why not? Why not partner with an open platform? Why not get a handheld solution out there on the market that you don't have to do anything for, right? You just buy into a, an existing install base of a million people plus right like over however long between now and and when that actually comes out well, i mean that and that's just on the steam deck you've got everyone else who's playing on on linux on PC. that aren't using steam decks they're just yeah. using pcs who want to install install pc game pass and or like i think it makes people, sense how many people are on steam but don't subscribe to pc game pass because they're either not aware of it or they don't know what's on it or they don't really well, they don't want a separate launcher they don't want to yeah. have to open up the xbox app and use right. that and like being able to launch the games from steam would be amazing and plus you know you mentioned that they want to go where you are but they the phil spencer openly admitted at the i think it was the wall street journal event um back in october that they lose 200 dollars on every single series x that they sell so why if if your goal is to how um how are they losing I know it's crazy that doesn't make any sense the, let alone the like how do they afford to do that that's fine but like why why is the PlayStation like they're so similar in their architecture why is why is Xbox losing two hundred dollars whereas Sony was breaking even or coming close to it I don't know I re I really don't know I mean it's possible that. It's just a, it's just scale, right? The PlayStation sells significantly more than Xbox, so they can offset the cost because they're selling so many more yeah. of them. Um, so you've now, got the and they have two SKUs too, which I'm sure, right? Like that probably makes it easier for PlayStation. Where yeah, there's two versions, but the case is the same, right? Like it's mm -hmm. just literally like, does it have the slot or does it not have the slot? I bet you that's easier to mass produce than we have two completely different models of console that are in different cases. With even have, two different color controllers. And different innards, too. Yeah, completely different. They're yeah. totally so different SKUs.
but they're losing money on on Xboxes. And if your goal is just to sell software and subscriptions to make up the cost of selling an Xbox, I mean, you've got a you're, you're placing a bet that if you're losing two hundred dollars on it, that someone's going to subscribe to Game Pass for two whole years, and that makes your two hundred dollars back. Yeah. And then after that, everything's a profit. Or that they'll you could buy just sell people two games. Or they'll buy right? some software. Yeah, they'll buy some games or maybe another controller, or a headset, that kind of thing, and you'll you'll make your money back. At seventy even bucks, a, they almost break bet. even if you buy two games. That's not taking into account how much it costs to manufacture those games in the first place. Because right. the profit on those games, they might say, oh, we're only making $10 on each of these games because it cost us X million dollars to make it. Yeah. So they might say, well, we need to sell seven games in order to break even. So th- there's there's like a big cost that they've got to make up there. Whereas if you just shove PC Game Pass on, on Linux and allow every Steam Deck owner to, to su- subscribe for $10.99 a month, that is money you're making that's just pure profit because you've not had to make a device, you've not had to sell it to them, you're just taking in the subscription fees, uh, which obviously when it comes to Xbox is is um, is is what they count on. But um, when it comes to, if it, if it does come to, to Steam Deck, I think it would be a, a big win. Um, and I can't see that Valve would be against it. I know it would potentially erode sales of Microsoft's games on the platform, like, why would you buy Forza for $60 when you can just subscribe to Game Pass and get it anyway? But I do think there are still people that want to own their games in the same way that Microsoft still sell boxed copies of games right. if you want to buy it that way. Yeah, I think I think what they would have to figure out is what is the percentage of cut that Steam needs to take for it to be worth it for Xbox, right? Or for Steam, right? Like, like what like what is Valve comfortable with? Like, oh, for every you know $15 Ultimate subscription, we get 5 bucks, we get 250 whatever it is. Um, there'd have to be something there because like, not only would it hurt sales of Xbox games, I think the broader issue is that it potentially limits the sales of indie games too, right? Cause you have games like, you know, uh, tiny kin, it was on my game of the year list last year. And that's, you know, that's a game Oh, there's monkey Island, for example, right, right. and like those are games, all of the, Devo- I think all of the devolver stuff they said are coming all the humble stuff is coming to the game pass so there's and like when that stuff comes stuff. day and date right or something like pentiment right which is like a big indie this year right like how many people bought that on steam yeah i don't think you could really call it an indie when it comes from a microsoft studio but but yeah fair enough i i think that's like a conversation for another podcast right when i say indie i mean small team right it's in the same way that yeah. like indie and like rock music right indie is like a style of music it doesn't necessarily mean that you're independent it's like if you're independent now, you say DIY because indie as a genre now means something else. So that's a broader, that's a whole, that's a flip screen games episode. Um, but what I should say, a smaller project, less marketing. Yeah, yeah, smaller game, a smaller project, smaller team, not not AAA. You right, know, it's like right. that smaller game, yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe Pentiment's a bad example because they own it. But either way, right? Like any of the examples that we just rattled off. What does that mean for Steam sales, right? Does Steam become a less viable platform for those indie games because folks get an Xbox, you know, Game Pass subscription once it comes to Steam and they just play those games for free? Like, I think there's stuff you'd have to figure out. And, like, I think maybe that that might also mean, like, maybe that comes with a price increase, you know? Like, 
or like if you're subscribing I think a price increase is coming anyway like pc game pass at the moment is 7.99 i can easily see that going up to 9.99 or 10.99 and then ultimate going up to like 15.99 16.99 what's ultimate now is it 15 Oh, in the UK, it's ten ninety nine. I don't know what it is um, in in the states. I have no concept of what Game Pass costs because this was the first month I had to pay for it since I, I did just that. Got six months for Christmas, so I was very very lucky to get. But six I did that shit like three years Christmas. ago, right? Where it was like, yeah. oh, like buy all the gold <laughs> and transfer it over, and I was like, okay, you're set until twenty twenty three. It's like, all right, that yeah. feels like a fake year at the year I did it. So great. But it's, it's great as well because i like subscribe to it i got six months and then if you put on automatic billing afterwards they give you two months extra for free uh-huh. so i got eight months up to i've up, i'm paid up till august now so i don't have to worry about it so fingers crossed pc game pass comes in that um that period um talking about subscription services and i would really love to see valve kind of dip their toes into the subscription service that was one point. of your predictions it was, yeah. Like I think it would be really great to to kind of see them um, experiment some somewhat. Whether that is like a subscription service like Humble Bundle, where you get a set number of games that you claim and you own for the month, or whether it's something like PC Game Pass, where you're just renting the game and you're just you're paying a subscription service and you get to download the game and for as long as you're subscribing, you can play the game. Just to confirm, um, it is fifteen dollars a month. For ultimate okay. in the states. For ultimate, so I can see that going up to twenty pretty easily yeah. soon. It's ten bucks for console. Yeah, and I think it's ten for PC as well. Like you can buy yeah. just PC Game Pass separately. Correct. You get the five dollar uh, yeah. deduction, but but with that you don't get EA Play and you don't get um, Xbox Live Gold, so you can't play online multiplayer. So those are separate. Um, if you, you get that with ultimate, buy, you get that with ultimate, but yeah. you don't if you just buy Game Pass. Um, right, that's a separate thing. But obviously, you wouldn't need to worry about it. Um, worry about paying for multiplayer support on PC because that's kind of just built in, I guess. Sure. Especially if you're playing a Steam game. Right. Yeah. So, um, on the the subscription service side of things, I think that's an interesting one. I, I could see something like that. I think it's the same thing where, like, I don't know what that looks like, though. Right, like, is it like a humble thing where like they just sell a bundle of like recommended Steam games at a discount or whatever, or is it more like PS Plus, where it is like this thing you need to stay subscribed for to maintain access to your library? I, I think the former feels more likely to me. Doing something more akin to humble, where it's a permanent ownership thing, just feels more. That feels more at home at Steam. You know, yes. I, I don't know why, but like that feels like that feels like something PC gamers would get into. And I, I feel well, like Humble uh, have both though. Like I don't know if you've used the Humble Games collection at all. Um when you subscribe to Humble Choice, you gain access to the Humble Games collection now. Oh, which no, allows I didn't realize you to that. download they've got an app for PC. It does work on um Steam Deck. I've I've played Signalis through it. Um and you can just download it and you can get you gain access to every game that's published by humble so there's 50 games on there you can just download them play all of the play play them for as long as you're subscribed and then if you unsubscribe they they disappear but they do that alongside the humble choice where um as part of the humble choice subscription you gain access to the collection but they'll also give you six games every month um that's cool which is pretty cool 
Yeah. Something, something like that, I think, makes sense. Hmm. Speaking of the humble choice, the humble choice this month is really good. If you've not checked it out, yeah. you get Doom Eternal and Oli Oli World and a bunch of other games for like eleven ninety nine. It's well worth checking out. Let me see. Humble choice. I also picked up the um the Wadjet Eyed Games bundle. Um if you like point and clicks, you can get fourteen point and click games, like adventure games for ten dollars. Or I think it's eleven dollars. Um, really great games. So you get to keep the games that they give you month to month forever. Correct. Yeah. So as part of the, the humble choice, you get six games every single month. You can claim them or you can gift them to people. Um, and then you gain access to the, uh, the humble games collection, which is like their subscription service where you download the app, you install it through the app and then you play it through the app, which is how I kind of feel that PC game pass would work. Um, you download like the, xbox app on steam and then you just install the games through that and play them through that that's cool i like that um okay so the next one that i wanted to highlight was the steam controller 2 this is one we've talked about a lot um we talked about it fairly recently um after that interview that uh oh where was that Lawrence Yang. It was with um, uh, The Verge. Yes, and it was it was Lawrence and... Um, and Plagman. Yeah, right. And they talked about the fact that it's something that they've considered, right? Like, they, they've talked about it, they've thought about it, and not something that they're, like, actively developing at this time, um, at least allegedly, and that, like, they were kind of interested in, in potentially, like, partnering with, like, a third party or something. Yeah, I could see them partnering with 8BitDo in a, in a heartbeat. You know, yeah. 8BitDo's just put out, like, another Xbox controller. I could see them easily doing, like, a Steam version. Um, I put that on the list. I've just finished playing a game with the Steam controller again. Um, I love this. I really hope they make another one. The trackpad is really cool. Being able to play, like, a point-and-click adventure on your TV is awesome. Um, and... If you can get one in decent condition, I highly recommend it because it's still still the only controller that can turn your Steam Deck on remotely. And that's um, the thing I really want it for. Not just that, but like <laughs> the idea of having a dedicated control because like the Steam Deck can uh, supports every controller I've tried to connect to it. You know, um, really the only one I've had trouble with sometimes is the Xbox controller. Weirdly enough, I know that that's like most people's go-to PC controller. Yeah, I've but had no issues with the Xbox controller. And the fact that a lot of people don't know, you just double tap the... The sync button. Uh, the sync button on top, and it'll swap between two devices. Yeah. So for me, it's so nice to be able to just switch from my Xbox to my Steam Deck, no problem. Yeah, and I, it might just be that I need to troubleshoot it a little bit more, and I was just running into like a stupid issue, but I found that that was the one I actually had the most trouble with, my PlayStation DualSense controllers. Like, literally, it's as simple as pressing the sync button, and it just connects. Um, what I would like though, right? Like having the ability to have the track pads, having the ability to have, to be able to turn it on across the room. Um, but also just having a dedicated controller for it so that I don't have to go through that process of like, which is the, you know, oh, this is the controller that's sunk to my steam deck right now. This is the one that's sunk to my PlayStation. This is, you know, like it, it it's just like, it's a quality of life thing more than anything. But for me, I want, um, parity 
in terms of controls, so I don't have to configure the controls for the Steam Deck and then configure the controls for my external controller. Yeah, I want to be able to have the trackpads, but also the back buttons on there. I know both PlayStation and Xbox now offer solutions with sure. controllers with back paddles, but it'd be really nice to have one from from Valve that officially supports the Steam Deck that is, uh, it allows you to configure it in a really nice way that has native gyro support uh-huh. has the back paddles has everything that you would expect it to have that's on the Steam Deck maybe even like a built-in microphone so you could just play multiplayer games in the same way you would with your with your Steam Deck because I know you said that you really love to play in multiverses that way and it works yeah, pretty it's well a, it's a great microphone and it's super simple you know you're, you're very easy to like send your buddy a, a chat requests and then like you're talking and it has really good clear sound yeah so it'd be really nice nice to have and it's one of those things that i could see happening this year i think it probably would be a partnership with someone else rather than them um, doing the hardware themselves but i would i could easily see it popping up on on the steam store as like that by the steam controller and it's like a new version of the controller. Whether they call it the Steam Controller 2, or they just call it the Steam Controller, or they call it the Steam Deck Controller, whatever they want to call it, I don't know. All new like Steam, Steam Deck. Controller. Yeah, but I feel like Steam Deck has now such a brand around it itself. Like yeah. it's you could like you've got the Steam Deck dock, you know, and the docking like, station, Steve. Excuse yourself. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> the Steam Deck um, controlling station. That's what they'll call it. <laughs> I'd, I'd be fine with them doing whatever they want. I mean, you go to steamdeck.com and then it says dock at the top. So, you know, I'm still calling it the dock, not the docking station. I just think they realized <laughs> that Steam Deck dock is just a absolute mouthful. Um, but yeah, I, I would really love to see a Steam controller too as well. I think that'd be really cool. Um, I'd also love to see uh, my, more official accessories in general. Just not just... Um, Steam controllers, but like additional cases, like sell me a charging brick if I want to buy an official charging brick from you and I want a spare and I don't want to buy a dock, why can't I buy that from you? Um, I feel like I always need one more than I have. I have three of them. Yeah, it's nice to have just one by my bed. It's nice to have one downstairs, you know, like it's nice to have one in a bag and a rucksack. Yeah, because it's a pain in the ass because I always do that or like I pick it up and I'm like, oh, let me take it downstairs to play and then it gets dead and I'm like, ah, I got to go upstairs and take it and plug it in and then I go back upstairs and I'm like, fuck, I forgot the charger. Yeah, like I do that so often and it's just like like with my Switch uh, charger, right? Like when I bought the Switch, I bought an extra charger and I also have, I got an extra dock at one point and then I have the dock that I got with my OLED, the dock was set. So I have like five switch chargers, right? Like I throw a rock and you'll hit a switch charger in my house and like, it would be nice to have maybe one, two more in rotation, you know? Yeah. And I like, and I like the fact that if you buy an official um, Steam Deck charger, you know it's going to work, you know it's not going to burn out the ports or do something weird, it's going to be the yeah. correct power draw, all of that stuff, it would be nice to see that show up on the store, I could see them doing stuff like screen protectors or all sorts of, all manner of things, right, just give us more options, like it would be really nice to have like a, a a proper case that I can put a controller in and that I can put the Steam Deck in and I can put the charger in and I can carry that with me I mean, and take I, that away with me when I go away. Even beyond that, I would just like, I would like more opportunities for customization, right? That like let you express yourself a little bit more. Like I, I like it would be cool if they sold it in a different color. It would be cool if, you know, they have that partnership with, uh, what's the website where you can buy the parts? Oh, I fix it. I fix it. 
it would be cool if they sold official different colored shells, right? Like yeah, even if they weren't going to sell it yeah. to me in another color, if I could reshell it myself with an official kit from Valve, you know, that would be cool. Like I think things like that um, would be nice because I think you look at like every Steam Deck looks identical, right? Like it would be cool to be like, oh, like I have the Portal Special granted, Edition. You can buy skins, right? But they're just never the same, at least for me, anyway. No, I don't like. I like skins. being able to have like it Nate, like it feel like being the actual device rather than feeling the skin on top, or it I think not feeling... then quite fitting in the charge, like the dock because yeah. it's too thick, or like you know you don't set it exactly right and it's a little off and it's annoying you there's a bubble there that's yeah. like sat there all the time i hate yeah, that, that i hate that me off. Yeah. and then also like i have adhd and i have the like sometimes like okay here's a great example uh there was a small tear on the back of my phone case and then i i peeled. Oh, so you just pulled it yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah, like I, I would do that if i had a wrap a wrap is not gonna last it needs to be a hard shell yeah I, I also think in terms of the customization, it'd be nice to have more software options. Like we had that um that little screen that I found in the the like the customization screen in the settings that's still there if you're on the Valve internal build. And yet we've not seen them take advantage of it. We've not seen them release the the points store with the boot screens. We've not seen them put new themes up. We've not mm-hmm. seen any new themes for the keyboard since launch. All of that stuff would be really cool. I know that we have support for like themes and stuff from the community, um, but it would be really nice to have like official versions of that and t- or tie it in with game launches, that kind of stuff. Like you buy, say, Vampire Survivors, and as well as the soundtrack, you also get a theme for your Steam Deck or for Steam in general that allows you to customize it and make it feel like your favorite game in the same way that you could do that back on the PS4. You could have like, I, I remember having the Uncharted theme for a while, and it would play like the Uncharted music and stuff. Whenever uh, I was on the home screen. Uh, one of the only games that ever did a cool thing with that, Persona 5 Royal. Uh, in Persona 5 Royal, if you get certain trophies, they give you different themes. So, like, I platinumed it, and I got, like, six different... I had a theme for every one of the Phantom Thieves. And it had, like, a slightly different color scheme so cool. and different music. And it's awesome. It was so cool. And, like, I, I was that was such a great incentive to be like, oh, cool, like... I'm getting rewarded for engaging with this game more, you know? And it's like, I would love to see, I would love to see more, more stuff like that. Yeah, me too. I think that would be really, really cool. So before we get into our next one, uh, let me remind you that this episode of the Steam Deck Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of January. They are, of course, Anthony Gonzalez, Christian Oliveria, Christopher Valenz, Earth Visitor, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Asobi, Mary Berry, Matthew MQC, Ty the Dude, Wakahula, and Zaid Ida. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash games. Y'all are the realest of the real, and we greatly appreciate your support of this and all of our sister shows. If you want to become a Patreon producer, if you want to write into the show, however you want to get involved, head over to flipscreen.games. That's our website where you can find links to places like our Discord, our email address, a bunch of ways for you to get involved. However you choose to become a member of the community, we thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Steam Deck Podcast. All right, my next one is, uh, this is like less of a wish list thing and i think just more of like it's a cool thing and it's a thing that i think will probably happen this year is i think this will be the year that you can buy a steam deck somewhere other than from valve um that would be really nice yeah i wouldn't be surprised to see it get placed in stores like 
Target or Best Buy, maybe Walmart, you know, um, some of the other big box stores that already have a dedicated video game section, but also have a dedicated PC section. Yeah, I think I think that would be really cool. I could even see it going to somewhere like Micro Center, where they very much specialize in like PC parts and being able to while you're there pick up some parts for your PC. But maybe also Newegg, pick up a Steam Deck. Yeah, um, I'd like that. Um, I'd also like. I also think it would really help um, combat some of the more unsavory people that have been setting up like fake websites in order to sell Steam Decks. They even put a warning out on Twitter. Saying that a I quick saw. note, the only official way to purchase a Steam Deck is directly from Steam or from Komodo in other regions. So Steam Deck sold via any other website or retailer is unofficial. It'd be nice just to be able to go into a reputable retailer like a Target, like a, a Curry's in the UK, and pick up uh, a Steam Deck and just walk home with it and just be like, all right, I can set this up and I can play my Steam games or I can download something new, something fresh. For the, um, uh, I think that'd be really nice. The example you gave before of like the new egg style websites and stuff like that, it would be frankly hilarious if like when you were like, oh, I'm building a PC, and then they're like, hey, do you want to add a Steam Deck? Like it's like an accessory, you know? Like it essentially is an accessory for a bunch of PC yeah. players, though, right? You built your two thousand dollar rig. Why not tack on a three hundred and fifty dollar Steam Deck while you're you're splurging out, you know? Yeah, like that I mean, is a, that is almost accessory level pricing. So considering how much <laughs> the rig is, yeah. these days. yeah, right, exactly. It's like it's it's about as expensive as another part, right? Um, yeah, and I, and I mean, I think you're right. Like, if you are someone where like, uh, I've honestly been surprised that some of the people in our audience that are like hardcore PC players like haven't picked up a Steam Deck for that when you're on the go travel or whatever. But I guess people travel less than they used to these days, but they do. And I also think that a lot of people play um, different PC games to us. A lot of PC players I know are playing multiplayer PC games. So when they're on the go, they're not necessarily going to be playing multiplayer games with their friends or they're playing shooters that they would only want to play with a keyboard and mouse and they want that precision. And that's all fair enough, right? But I feel like there is clearly a huge audience of people that want to be able to play any kind of PC game, that want to be able to play the smaller indie titles or the AAA games. And, and mil uh, over a million of them have bought a Steam Deck. And I think you only open up to a much larger audience when you can sell it to people who may not even have a Steam account, right? They might might just be hearing about it from friends and are just like, oh, okay, where do I go to buy one of those? Oh, well, you have to go to Steam. You have to have had an account for X number of months. You have to have bought a game and then you have to like wait a while in order to buy it. You have to like basically prove that you're legit rather than a bot and you still have to do that. Whereas if you could just walk into Target and walk out with a Steam Deck and you go home, you set it up and you create a new account and that is your kind of gateway into Steam, you, you've got to imagine that that's something that Valve won. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they want, like, I think they want the Steam Deck to be a platform. I think they want it to be a thing that can evangelize the Steam marketplace to people that are alienated by PC gaming or intimidated by it, you know, um, because the Steam Deck is so much simpler, right? You're not, you're not having to deal with uh, building a rig, right? You're not having to deal with it's familiar to people right it's like yeah. oh it's a console it feels like a console even if although it is a pc and we all know it's a pc people that aren't familiar with it they use it like a console they it's never go hybrid. into desktop i think it, i think it's yeah. it, i think it's more fair to call it a hybrid it is both it is a console and a pc in its native launch it works exactly like a console can you use it as a pc yeah but like you don't have to 
right? Like if you don't, if you don't care to get emulators on it, if you don't care to, you know, homebrew or anything like you could literally buy it and only use it to buy games that you buy on the steam storefront. And I think that that is a type of person they want to attract. I think that is a use case they want to, uh, popularize. Right, because well, of course it is, because it keeps them in their ecosystem and keeps them buying games from them rather than going, oh, I'll go get the free game from Epic Games this month, or right. I'll install stuff from GOG because they've got a sale on. It's yeah. like you can just stay within Steam, and it's a lot simpler and a lot easier. So yeah, of course, they, of course, they want you to stay there. So I think, I think the idea that yeah, that like they they want to get it in places where you know a normal person <laughs> could just come across it and be like, what is this? I'm gonna check this out, like. I think that's the goal for sure. You know, I think yeah, being I think, able to, I, I can imagine it like in stands in stores where it's like showing off games that, you know, right. Yeah. Games that you've played on other Elden things. Ring. It's like, holy shit. I can play this handheld. Oh, now. I can play Elden Ring on the go. Oh, I can yeah. play. Oh, game of the year last year. Elden Ring on the go. Oh, all the PlayStation games are here portably. Oh, like, yeah. Right. Like show off Elden Ring, Spider-Man, like, the, whatever the most marked yeah, titles yeah. that yeah that you can throw oh the new god of war just came out oh you can play that on steam yeah like i the narrative is is clear i think i think i think you can get it in the hands of a lot more quote unquote casual gamers um than they have because i think presently it's a thing that i think if you're not a dork like us or if you're more than one step removed from dorks like us, right? Where like if you're not somebody like us or your best friend isn't a person like us, you probably do not know what the Steam Deck is. You've probably never heard of the Steam Deck. Yeah, or your son in the case of my dad. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, no, I, I could be. You know what I mean, right? You. Like it's like that's that's like yeah. um, unless you have a person in your life that you're so close to that they evangelize it for you you're probably not familiar with it unless you're already in the Steam ecosystem and then you've at least seen an ad for it. But if you're not in the Steam ecosystem, then you're not the person we're talking about, right? I think, well, Or you're not the kind of person that tunes into the Game Awards, right? Sure. Because that's also another another target. And I think the majority of gamers don't tune in and watch that every year. Yeah, again, not, do, not normal not they've normal heard of people, a big announcement. Yeah. Right? Like, we are enthusiasts, right? And, like, enthusiasts are probably aware of the Steam Deck, at least in name, right? In passing. Um, but if you're not like, like, how would you even like, if you're somebody who like owns an Xbox or a PlayStation or a Nintendo switch and you buy, you know, five or less games a year, how are you hearing about the steam deck? You're not Mm -hmm. right. You just aren't. Um, I've had multiple of my more casual friends, like see my steam deck and be like, what is that? Right and then yeah, like, I know. yeah, me too. And I've like handed it to them, and they're like, "Shit, I want one." Of they're these like, oh, this is cool as fuck. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, too bad. You have to wait." Like, <laughs> so you, do you have a Steam account? No. Okay. Well, six months from now, you could get one if you want. I guess. Yeah. It's <laughs> so they're strange, like, ah, but... I don't know. But then you know, I've also yeah. had people. I mean, that you are... could be a good friend and just be like, "Yeah, I'll order one on my account for you." Sure. I guess that's true. I could do that now. Considering you jump the queue anyway. Yeah. Well, I, technically, I've ordered two from my account, neither of which are the one that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot to ask. How did Sarah like hers? She was very, very happy. Uh, it, the thing that's really funny, though, is so she got it. She was like, super excited, started playing with it. And then I showed her Power Wash Simulator. And now she's been playing that on my Xbox exclusively so i'm gonna buy she's gonna she said that what she wants to do is she wants to finish her current run on xbox and then she's gonna buy it on steam deck and and like plat, quote unquote platinum it like right like 100 well, what everything. you should do is install green light 
on her and then set up following my fantastic tutorial over at youtube.com slash flip screen games and then set up the uh set up the streaming yeah yeah i should do that <laughs> um but yeah it was funny like she spent like a couple of days where she was playing it every day and then now it's like just been setting because she's yeah? so zeroed that in on tower watch that almost made my game of the year list just last year it was my favorite sim game i played it's it's one of those like chore games where you're just like relaxing chilling out hearing the sound of like water pressure washing everything dude it's, it's so fun. it's so funny it's so funny because like uh it so speaks to like my brain chemistry like why that game doesn't work for me right because like i started playing it and i was like oh this is fun like i can see why people like this this is satisfying and then you get to the point where it's like oh you're at like 99 percent, and there's like a smudge somewhere that you can't find and it's like let me just like pull my hair out while i run around trying oh, to you find should it. try lawn mowing simulator I, yeah i just yeah i, I just couldn't yeah, with that i, I was like looking it. around the grass for like a tiny blade of grass and that was it and that's all i could say i gave up and i just i left yeah, I was, I was cutting over all the flowers on purpose. I was just getting so infuriated. With yeah, it. I can't. I can't with stuff like that where it's like the minutia, right? Of like, oh, like, let's get through the cracks. And I'm like, this is why the crack <laughs> like and uh, it also is, I think, the most I've ever had the feeling of I should not be playing this game. I should go power wash my yard. Right, like I should just actually do this. Like <laughs> I should go yeah, do a real thing, chore. You, know? you can't do that lead down on the sofa, can you? So like, <laughs> why are you going to do that for? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I think, I think I would definitely, um, also love to see, uh, another, like, update on what their plans are for the Deckard, right? Like, we know that. Yeah, we've they, not heard anything about it, have we? Yeah, and it's like, it feels weird, honestly, that it would be this soon, because I feel like the index was not that long ago. Like, didn't that come oh, out? Oh, the index was a while ago now. Wasn't that was like it? 2018? Is it look. that old? Really? I thought yeah, Alex I like came out in 2020. Old. Alex came out pretty far after the index, didn't it? Really? I, uh, uh, I guess I have the timeline wrong in my head. Because I, I thought that that was like very shortly after its release. 2019 was the valve index so Damn. you're coming up on yeah april you're coming 30th. Up on four years this year and that's a long time that is a long VR time space to just have one one headset going so I, I think we're we're ready for another one and i also think the next one's going to be a standalone but also pc vr and there's the rumor that it ties in and can hook up with the the steam deck and utilize potentially some additional processing power of the, so do you, you see it as being in the steam deck uh, a t- untethered device that you can use on its own, but then when you connect it to a PC, it can offset some of the power so that it can play yes, more powerful yeah. software. That's interesting. Yeah, that's exactly how I see it working. So you can play, you can play stuff like Half-Life Alex or Beat Saber or whatever you want to play, and maybe you play that on a standalone device because the rumor is it's got the same chipset as the the deck. As the Steam Deck, you know, the the Steam Deck, the Deckard, it's like a very similar naming convention. I could easily see it being able to play something like a Half-Life Alex, And maybe, and obviously it won't be at the same fidelity as if you're playing on something like a, an, a 4090 in, in your, uh, your PC. But being able to play that on a standalone device anyway would be amazing. And I've been wanting to play Half-Life Alex for a very, very long time. I don't have a, a PC capable of playing it at the moment. And even if I did, I've got a 
buy a, a Quest Link cable and plug it into my PC and it's cumbersome and annoying and I'm tethered. I'd much rather have like a, a standalone. It's just on my head. It feels like I'm just, you know, I can freely move and I'm not pinned down with a cable. Wouldn't need a cable to offload computing though? Most like, likely, yeah, but I feel like it could probably play Half-Life Alex without having to offload it at all. Cool. And you, you've got the same chipset as in the, the Steam Deck, right? And that can play a pr- pretty pretty chunky games. Yeah, right. That's true. It's interesting. It's funny because it makes like, sense, I, right? Because they, they've started bringing over the interface as well from the Steam Deck to Steam VR. We spoke about yeah. that a few episodes back. Creating, like, so it feels like they're putting each one. Yeah, exactly. They're kind of putting steps in motion as if, oh, you've got a Steam Deck. Here's the same UI. And you're now just in the VR space. Yeah. It's an interesting one because, like, I don't know. I, I feel like VR is in such a weird place right now. And. I am interested to see what the next couple of years look like for it. Cause I feel like we've talked a lot about how it's like a niche product and I think it's proven itself to be a niche product. And I think for it to become more mainstream, um, costs need to come down and applications need to extend beyond video games for it to, I think like really hit like a mass market success. And I feel like right now is. Yeah, I like, don't necessarily think I agree with that because no? I don't think there are applications that VR will go for. And, and this is definitely a conversation for for flip screen games. Um, I just feel like AR is the application for day to day, and VR it can be exclusively for video games. And I don't see that there's anything wrong with that. Like, yes, there is social VR in terms yeah. of like uh, VR chat, and I feel sure. like that is a big market. But I feel like if they can build more games like Half-Life Alex, that immersion, and it is more accessible in both in terms of price and ease of use, like I just buy a headset, I put it on my face. That's what the that's what made the Quest 2 so appealing. It sure. was cheap. They flooded the market with cheap $299 headsets. And the games were, were fun. They're just too small of experiences because that is just an Android phone strapped to your face and they need to be able to get to a point where it's a PC on your face. Yeah, right. And I think therein lies the problem, though, right, is I think as long as the only application is gaming, right, it's going to remain a fairly niche product because it's the, the barrier for entry is really cost prohibitive. And I think, yeah, like prices will come down over the next couple of years. That's all well and good. But like. I don't know, like, I, 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 can't, I can't imagine what that looks like. Getting to a point where it's like, okay, uh, see, it's, I it's feel so like affordable, the same. and the games are so must-play that you can't ignore yeah. it as a platform. And I, I just, feel like this is the same argument we had for, for the Steam Deck, right? Like, oh, the Steam Deck, you know, is it even going to be successful? But they hit that 349 price point, mm-hmm. and it's just like, if you can hit the same price point with the Deckard... Or maybe it's like three three ninety nine, four fifty nine, yeah. whatever price point they can they can hit. Or maybe it is just as simple as this is a companion product for the Steam Deck. You have to have a Steam Deck. All of the processing is done by the Steam Deck, and this is just a an interface for your face. Then I I feel like they they potentially are onto a winner. And I don't think Valve maybe. mind that it's a niche product because as long as they can hit a small niche market and make a profit and it's like continuing to build, they can continue to build great experiences. I think that's all that matters 
like Half-Life Alex was a huge success. Beat Saber is obviously a massive phenomenon. I feel like if they can keep building out these VR games, they've got to be working on something new, right? We yeah, know about yeah, right. um, Neon Prime. But... Yeah, there's like that rumor like Neon Prime. Uh, is that going to be a VR game? Is that going to be like a, a normal game? I Who just knows? feel like it has so much going against it. Because like, I think with what you're saying, like some of it makes sense, but I think it also limits it even further, right? Because if it's connected to the Steam Deck, then you're creating a niche within a niche, right? You're selling a thing that you can only sell to an existing market of like a million well, people. Well, Steam Deck or PC. Like sure. it would be, you can use it with a Steam Deck or your existing PC. And they've already got a huge PC yeah. VR market share. Like they are the, I think it's the number two headset behind the Oculus sure. or the, the Meta Quest at this but point. even that, right? So, it's like being number two is like what, like... How valuable is that? Because it's like that's pretty. That's pretty good considering the competition's like a was like a three hundred dollar headset and and like the the base price to get controllers with a headset with no base stations is seven hundred. But I guess that's, like, that's the thing, like though, right? Huge is like, difference. How can they really compete with Quest though? Because Quest is the number one. It is owned by a company with huge pockets that is acquired. It's a ton owned by of a company studios. that is is not that is owned by a company that is not focusing on video games anymore right. and is focusing on oh let's make this for meetings let's make this for like day to day come to Horizon chill out yeah come but that's not the, the only thing right like they own Beat Saber Beat Saber is exclusive to their platform and it's the most popular VR game they bought the it's studio. not exclusive to that platform it's even coming to PSVR too so it's just like if they made it exclusive okay. to that okay. platform. I feel like if they made it exclusive to that platform, that's where everyone. Would I thought. Be. I thought I remembered them not that it wasn't going to be on PSVR two, but that's okay. Cool. No, that's they just know. they just announced it, so like I don't think they give a shit anymore. Like, I don't know. They just I guess seemingly it's just like, do not care about games. Can can they sell this and make it like a dominant product without supporting it themselves for with more than one game? And I, I guess that's the question. But I, but I think to your point, right? Like, how much do they care, right? Like, what, like the metrics for success are different because it is a niche product, right? So I guess fair play. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I, I honestly think that like what Quest is trying to do is going to be a big part of the future for VR. Like, I, I see VR being more popular for doing things like, I don't know, like, like attending virtual events and things like that like i could see being a major application education i could see being a major application there's no right? reason that they can't do all of that on the the index or the decade and and i you can already i feel like you can already go and attend events and do all of that stuff i don't know i just I, i'm it's, interested to see yeah. where, it, where it lands i'd like to see the decade this year whether it releases this year i'd like to see them reveal it and talk about it in the same way that they revealed and spoke about the steam deck and then it came out the, the following year the last point i wanted to make on this is um this was the initial point i was driving to and we got like three four things removed i feel like this is the worst time in in history to release a vr headset because i feel like vr uh in its initial wave right like it had a broader i think consumer push right where there were a lot of companies that were like vr is the future you got to get involved in vr vr is this hot new thing you need to check out and it's not that anymore the novelty of vr is worn off and i think it's proven to be a thing that if you're into it you're into it and if you're not it's not that important and you don't really need to be involved in it if you're not interested and right now when you have us entering you know or already in the the throes of depending on who you ask a global recession, 
heightened inflation, right, which led to driving increased cost of the cheapest entry level VR headset. Um, I just don't know. Like, do people have the money for a new headset right now? Like, I feel like people prioritize buying things that entertain them at home during a recession, and I feel like VR is a huge thing. They will buy consoles during a recession. They'll they'll buy a single game that lasts a very long time yeah. during a recession in order to entertain themselves and entertain their do kids VR and games entertain their cross family. That, though, how many VR games that, aside that's a, that's from a, yeah, your but, beat but savers, feel like right? Are things I feel you play like more than once? Gonna, yeah, maybe like a lot of them are experience games, but there are also a lot of um, a lot of replayable games. Um, but I I also feel like this is a good time for them to potentially launch a decade as a competitor to PSVR two, which costs five hundred dollars plus a PS five. So you're looking at an entry cost of one thousand dollars, right? Versus potentially a standalone headset that competes against the Quest, but actually it's like yeah, More but these powerful. are games you want to play. That's not just Beat Saber. It's Half Life Alex. It's cool experiences that you can't get on on an Android device, and you want to play them, but you don't have a PlayStation Five because you're a PC player. You're in the you're in the Steam space. Why not buy our new headset that costs five hundred dollars? Then maybe they maybe they do price parity with the PSVR two, and it's just a standalone device though that can is capable of playing games on the on its own without being tethered to a console yeah and i could see that actually being a pretty good play from them especially considering a lot of people probably already bought some P- pc vr games even years ago if they had like an oculus yeah. or a, a, an original index that kind of thing i could see something like that or like an htc vive if it's modular i think that makes a big difference too Right, like if it is, it's a standalone device. But when you plug it into a PC or a companion device, it uh, reaches a threshold that the Quest can't. Right, because like I think that's the thing we've talked about with PSVR two is like that's its. Um, I think that's the advantage it presents. Right, is that oh, like yeah. big time expensive point of entry for sure? Less expensive still than uh, any of the other headsets that meet it in terms of technological parity. Right, because like, yeah, it's a thousand bucks, but for you to do for you to do that on PC, you'd be spending about the same amount with the added co- like labor cost of like putting it together and building it and figuring it out, and like that's not a barrier for some people, but it is a barrier for other people, and I think there are a lot of people that would rather. I already own a PlayStation Five. Or I was already going to buy a PlayStation Five. Yeah. So I'll get a VR headset, right? Like, well, and there might not be games that you want to play as well, like on PS PSVR too. Like that's the big drive, right? Is we're getting these games that are going to be exclusive. You have got the yeah. Horizon game. I think um, I, I can imagine like the Resident Evil VR experience is probably going to come to PC as well, but they've not announced them yet. That could be a possibility that that Resident Evil Village in VR is exclusive to PS5 for a while in the same way that Hitman 3 yeah. was exclusive to PSVR for a while. And we know and those will come, right? Because like, even like just looking over the history of PSVR, there are a bunch of notable VR games that are only available on PSVR. You know? Yeah. Especially early A lot games. of those have moved, though. Like um, like the Iron Man game, the yeah, uh, that's Walking Dead Oculus game. Now. Those have moved over to, to Quest. So... They obviously there was obviously a timed exclusivity there, or maybe well, they bought that studio too, right? Like that was that was the thing too. They bought the Iron Man uh, VR studio, so it's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited to to see that. Um, There's a few other things I just want to touch on quickly um, before we wrap up. Um, HDR support and multi-stream transport support for the dock would be great. 
Bagman tweeted that they're actually working on HDR support for Linux at the moment. It's got a while to go, but he tweeted a picture of um, like a, a preview build that he's obviously been working on with HDR through the Steam Deck. So it's really exciting to see that we could potentially have native HDR support built in. Um, official Windows dual booting will come alongside the official release of SteamOS, but I feel like that's going to be less necessary if PC Game Pass exists um, on Linux, because I feel like that's one of the main reasons. That's the like same really the like only better. significant draw. Well, that and anti-cheat um, support, so because you can't play stuff like Genshin or um, uh, the, the Division 2 came out this week on Steam, you can't play that. Uh, because of easy anti-cheat on the Steam Deck at the moment, but they are saying that they're working on support for it. Uh, a big one for me, though, would be native plugin support. Um, the Homebrew community has done a great job, and the Decky Loader team are phenomenal, and all of the plugin developers have done an amazing job. But I can tell you firsthand as a, a plugin developer, it's a pain in the fucking ass whenever Steam releases a new update because your plugins will break, and you will have to figure out why they've broken um native support would be really nice proper documentation from valve without everyone having to try and figure it out themselves and reverse engineering the um the entire library that they've got would be wonderful make things so really fingers easier crossed. for us so that would be cool <laughs> yeah yeah F fingers crossed that comes but uh, that's one i think that's maybe a bit further down the line once they've stabled out the operating system a little bit more then they'll finally say right we're ready we're happy with this we've rolled this out to the steam deck we've rolled this out to the desktop we've rolled this out to teslas and vr headsets and this is now the new steam ui now you can have plugin and theme support and i think that's probably when we'll get it which might be this year might be next year might be in 2025 who knows yeah yeah it's kind of nuts the absolutely ludicrous number of displays that they now support <laughs> yeah it's crazy right yeah yeah that's that, that's a good one all right, so that'll wrap it up for today. If you guys want to write in and let us know what your wish list is for Steam Deck in 2023, please hit us up at uh, questions at flipscreen.games or come join our Discord where we've got a Steam Deck podcast channel where you can come and keep the conversation rolling between episodes. We'd love to hear from you if you've never written in before or if you're a new listener or if you've written in a dozen times. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. Let's get some fan mail going on this this show because I imagine it's going to be another couple of weeks before we get any major Steam Deck news uh, while everybody's settling back in for the year. So let's take advantage and get some some good audience questions in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so, or if there's anything we touched on that you want to hear more of, yeah. like if there, if you want to hear more on the VR discussion or the Steam Controller Two discussion, that kind of thing, let us know. Or if you're and if you're on YouTube, then leave a comment down below. It always helps us out. Please do, please do, and of course, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. You know how to do the internet things. However, you. Wherever you're interacting, give us give us a thumbs up or a like or a comment or something like that. It really helps us quite a bit to get discovered. So remember, however you want to get involved, flipscreen.games. That's the website. Go there, become a Patreon supporter, join the Discord, however you choose to get involved. We thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Steam Deck Podcast. For the crew, I've been Pete. He's been Steve. We'll see you next week. Keep gaming.